the San Francisco Ballet Center for Dance Education. It's my pleasure to welcome all of you here to the War Memorial Opera House in San Francisco and to welcome you to this evening's Points of View program. This evening is Wednesday, April 15th, 2015. The Center for Dance Education, as you know, produces these programs and many other adult education programs. I think there are still a few to be enjoyed throughout the rest of the season, which is winding down. Um, but there is a brochure that perhaps you can find in the lobby that will mention the um, Meet the Artist interviews coming up on Friday nights and Saturday matinees and our final points of view program, which will be held on um, it's uh, Wednesday, and it's the first week of Romeo and Juliet, and I think it will be especially fun because we will have fight director Marty Pistone demonstrating the sword fighting. You don't want to miss that. Mm. Yes, and Yuri is saying he remembers that well. <clears throat> um, I do want to just remind you that these programs are recorded for podcasting. The San Francisco Ballet website, sfballet.org, has um, an amazing amount of information, visual and audio. And if you go uh, through the um, education link or the um, media links, you can find uh, Listen and you can find the podcasts of previous points of view programs, meet the artist interviews, and some of the other things that we have done in our adult education programs. As most of you are very familiar with now, we do have some choreography that you need to observe when we have finished our program this evening, which unfortunately has to be at strictly quarter to seven. Um, we will talk about how you're going to exit and get back out into the lobby. And finally, we know that one of the most popular features of these points of view programs is being able to ask your own questions. I know we're going to have a lot of things that we'll talk about, but you're going to think of things that we haven't said. So we have a standing mic right at the foot of the aisle, and we hope that you will anticipate some questions. And when we warm up to that point of the program, you will make your way to that mic to ask your questions. That enables the um, rest of the house, as well as us, to hear your question and also to capture it for the podcast. So all of that introduction taken care of, it's now um, a real pleasure for me to introduce this evening's guests. Obviously, this evening is going to be centered around Program 7. On Program 7, we have the world premiere of choreographer-in-residence Yuri Posikov's latest premiere, um, Swimmer. And with the excitement around that piece, it's a treat that we are able to have Yuri with us. Yuri Posikov, after receiving his dance training at the Moscow Ballet School, danced with the Bolshoi Ballet for 10 years, being promoted through the ranks to principal dancer. In 1992, he joined the Royal Danish Ballet as a principal. The following year, Helgi Thomason staged his 
production of The Sleeping Beauty at the Royal Danish Ballet with Yuri cast as Prince Desiree. One thing leading to the next, he was invited to perform in San Francisco Ballet's opening night gala and in 1994 joined our company as a principal dancer. Many of us here are lucky to recall Yuri's career as a performer, setting a high bar as an outstanding interpreter of both traditional and contemporary modern choreography, a highly favored partner, a classical danser noble, an actor, and a wickedly funny comedian. I remember some of his comic roles with great joy. <clears throat> Yuri retired from performing after the 2006 repertory season and at that time was named choreographer in residence. There's some debate about whether or not he choreographed much before his first commission for San Francisco Ballet, but in 2000, the company commissioned Magritte Mania a work inspired by the paintings of René Magritte for our discovery program in which new choreographers were discovered. And that work earned him the Isadora Duncan Award, or Izzy, for outstanding choreography in April of 2001. Our audiences will record, recall that he has created 14 works for San Francisco Ballet. Some are abstract or pure dance, others are highly dramatic. His musical choices range from Mendelssohn to Stravinsky, from Tchaikovsky to Scriabin. His piece Fusion was part of San Francisco Ballet's 75th anniversary New Works Festival. He has choreographed a routine for ice skaters. He has, uh, in 2003, he collaborated with Helgi Thomason on the new staging of the full-length Don Quixote. In 2006, the Bolshoi Ballet premiered a full-length version of Cinderella. Numerous works in numerous companies worldwide. So, Yuri, it is just an absolute treat that you are here with us and that we get to talk about your piece, Swimmer. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being here. Yeah. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm going to move on and introduce Shinji, and then we are going to get back to really having conversations. Shinji Eshima, who is, um, you know, by day, or maybe by night, I guess I should say, plays in the San Francisco Ballet Orchestra, as well as in the Opera Orchestra, is that correct? Um, born in Berkeley, graduate of Stanford, Juilliard, on the faculty at San Francisco State University and the San Francisco Conservatory of Music with former students in orchestras around the world. An award-winning composer, he has composed for a variety of venues, including theater, documentary film, chamber music, opera, and even Buddhist hymns. 2011, San Francisco Ballet commissioned him to compose a ballet for, and I want to say with, Yuri Posikov. The result was Raku, which many of you will have seen earlier in this particular season. <clears throat> that piece of music was recorded by the San Francisco Ballet Orchestra, conducted by Martin West, and uh, released um, on CD and iTunes. In 2014, Raku joined the repertoire of the Joffrey Ballet, 
and it returned to both companies this year. Yuri and Shinji created a second piece, which might be interesting for us to know about, Il Fazzoletto. Um, and then in 2012, the city of Berkeley named the day December 6th Shinji Eshima Day in his honor for contribution to the arts. Welcome, Shinji, and thank you for being with us. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. It's hard to know really where to start because we have, both of you have so much that you could be telling us and so much that will contribute to our enjoyment of this evening's performance. I thought I would start, Yuri, asking you some more general questions because you are the choreographer in residence. That implies that you create works on a regular basis. I already mentioned we have seen works in so many different styles. I wonder if you would take us back to what was your first impulse to choreograph, to create dances, as opposed to dancing them. Okay. It was a long, long time ago for me, it looks like. But impulse was, it's strange, I never, I, I'm kind of, uh, choreographer late one because I start to choreograph after 30 years old. Usually all choreographers younger start to think about this. It did happen with me. It's happened actually when I came to San Francisco Ballet. Mm -hmm. And I've been inspiring by the choreographers who used to choreograph here with Mark Morris, Wilden, such a great generation, Kudelka, one of my favorite in the world. Mm -hmm. Yes, so, and it looks like I have no choice. I have to follow them. So they insist me to choreograph inside. It's not them insist me, but in my mind, I should follow them because it was such a great repertoire in San Francisco Ballet. And this movement that I saw on the stage every day and dance it, Mm -hmm. Move me too, so that's why I start to choreograph. And you mentioned that the first piece that you remember was a solo. Tell us about it was that. A solo for Muriel Maffer, one of the greatest ballerina. I always say I'm Russian. Everything greatest, everything perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm really. I'm. In, yeah. I love artists, and for me it's important. And that's why I've been injured. And I thought I don't want to waste time in my life. So, and Muriel Maffer, I'm sure you remember, this is such a beautiful diva ballerina, like amazing one. And I kind of scared to come to her and say, can we start to work a little bit in the studio? And she was, thank you. She appreciated, we went to the studio and started to work. It was Albanese. It's called Spanish song. So, and I start from this one. And Helgi Thomason came to watch us. And probably that's why he invited me for the program of, you said, Discovery the Discovery program. program. Discovery In program. 2006, yeah. So thank you for Muriel. Yes, that's thank you song. for Muriel for many reasons. Um, one more general question because you choreograph in so many different styles, are you particularly drawn to the more dramatic or 
because your works, your dramatic works are very, very impressive statements. I'm kind of person who against styles. I don't know what does it mean styles. For me, when I, if I choose some idea what I choreograph, it's not style or something. I'm trying to find the language for each ballet. Mm -hmm. So I'm, if it's one subject, I'm trying to train the steps for, especially for this subject, mm -hmm. for these roles, for these characters, everything. Sometimes, yeah, when I heard about this style, honestly, I am against critic feelings and everything. It's whatever it just came out from my soul. It doesn't matter for me which style. It's my knowledge, it's my varieties, it's my whatever I feel right now, yeah, I'm doing. So, so when you created um, Classical Symphony, yeah. um, it came from it within that you wanted to... It came from the school, my teacher, mm -hmm. who is one of the greatest teachers in Russia. And I have to dedicate to him, mm -hmm. so I have to use mm -hmm. my knowledge that I spent time with him in the studios, sweating, crying, be injured, everything. So this is impulse for me to create classical mm -hmm. symphony. And as we watch it, there's no set, there's no story, it's beautiful dance. It should be clear, mm -hmm. it should be beautiful ladies, beautiful men on stage mm -hmm. with clean lines, with mm -hmm. beautiful technique, so that's it. I want to, um, we will be talking about your more um, dramatic impulses in a minute when we get back to really talking about Swimmer. I want to give Shinji the opportunity to talk about um, your entry into the ballet world, entry into creating the music that becomes used for dance. You've created a lot of different kinds of music. How long have you been with San Francisco Ballet Orchestra? Um, I guess about 33 years already. <laughs> it's gone by very fast. And my first introduction to writing a ballet was when Yuri came down and met me over at Jardinier and asked me to write a ballet for San Francisco Opera, and, or ballet, and I thought I was terrified. But I hit it because what an opportunity for a composer to, to be in this house, you know, with the greatest choreographer and the greatest dancers and a full orchestra is just the uh, opportunity of a lifetime. So I was choking, but I said yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, you have, as I mentioned, spent so many years, I, actually with your back to the stage, um, playing the double bass. Many of you may have read the story of Shinji's double bass, but I need you to tell us the story. Oh. Um, I actually received this bass. It, it formerly belonged to my teacher at Juilliard. He played in the New York City Ballet. It's a rather well-known instrument. It's a plumerel, and it was painted by Degas. Um, in the painting, um, um, the orchestra of the opera, it hangs actually in the Musée d'Orsay in Paris. But um, when my teacher passed away, uh, his, his uh, wife offered it to me. And I received it right for the 75th anniversary of this company. So I played it then, and it was born in the Paris Ballet, and uh, had much of its career playing for Balanchine, um, 
in New York City Ballet, and now it's here. So it's a, it's a nice piece of history, you know, belongs to the world of ballet. Where it'll go next, hopefully, you know, who knows? <laughs> Maybe Russian ballet or something. We are such a, uh, an art form of heritage and tradition that that's why I love hearing that story. And, and where can we see the painting? It's actually at the Musée d'Orsay in Paris, but there's a sketch of it here at the Palace of Legion of Honor. And it's of that painting, and it's owned here in San Francisco, which is also another ironic piece of uh, trivia for the space. Uh -huh. hmm. Well, we need to spend some time really helping the audience understand the piece that they may have already seen and may be going to see Swimmer. Um, let me s see a show of hands. How many of you have now actually seen it? Oh, look, a number of folk. And how many of you will see it this evening for the first time? More folk. Oh, great. So we don't want to give too much away. On the other hand, I think that we can say quite a bit about it without in any way impacting the, the impact that it will have. Uh, let's look at the pictures from it, and that will give us some sort of a foundation for conversation. Um, this gives us a sense of look. What is it going to look like? Exotic costuming, a little bit. Wow, I think I lived through that era. <laughs> the twist. <laughs> looks almost... This is the Lolita scene. Which one? Lolita. Lolita, okay. Well, we'll have to unpack that in a minute. Lolita. Um, different levels, so we know that the set is interesting. Sweet Fantastic turn. picture. Yeah. This is Taras. Um, who takes the role of the swimmer. This evening, the role will be danced by um, Joseph, Joe Joseph Walsh. Walsh. And this is an extraordinary... This is the end of the piece, is that right? Almost the end. Near the end. Near the end. It's like a Rodin sculpture. You will see it is not end. Mm. <laughs> so we're going to go back... And we're going to start here. <clears throat> this, this piece, you say something in your soul calls to you. When did this piece start for you? Okay, this piece started a long, long time ago in Soviet Union time in Moscow. I met my wife and she was studying in the university. And in university, it was a program, American culture, literature. So John Cheever was in this program. Mm -hmm. So, and she tried to educate me. She gave me this book. She said, you have to read it. So she pushed me to read it. It's very interesting, but when I've been 21 years old, completely young, but this story of John Chiu stays all my life in my head. 
So through the, my life, I never thought that I will move to the United States to live. I never thought about this, but it's kind of miracle. Now I'm here, and John Cheever with me, <laughs> and everything, it's a little bit cuckoo. Sometimes, yeah, I, I can believe it, but it's happened, yeah. So the story, The Swimmer by John Cheever, and yet you don't tell that story on stage. No, we, we took some base of the story, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. we didn't follow the book. Okay. Yeah, we've been inspired of the book, mm -hmm. but it's, yeah, it's completely different. Not completely different, but story with different tricks and twists and everything. Mm -hmm. Probably recognizable. I think many people recognize many scenes on this one. So was it the story itself that gave you your sense of setting this? As folks might have noticed, um, the look really evokes the 1960s. Um, that comes from the story itself? I've been born in the 60s, so for me, I thought all my life, even Soviet Union time, the 60s most happiest time in 20th century. I don't know. It was these feelings, it still stays with me. 60s, it's most amazing, interesting, and culturally, and even like people relationship, everything. I think the whole world was flying. It was mine, but I understand that people feel differently in this movement, but 60s for me, it's flying time. So that's why. <laughs> yes, some of us so have maybe Because I've been child here. Yeah. Yeah. I dream to fly, so I love it. Ah. The impetus to create this work now, um, and I'm just so fascinated by how all of the different sections of it and the images come together. Um, did the music come next? Did the um, references to some of the artworks in it come next? I'm just so fascinated by no, actually, I, I tried to do this ballet many times. Mm. It didn't happen. Mm -hmm. I didn't find approach. I didn't find music. I didn't. It was so many problems. Mm -hmm. It was so painful until I met this guy, such a talented <laughs> in Jardinier bar. <laughs> no, but it's safe. Yeah, it's it's safe. What I always trying to show in on the stage, for me, this piece such important. Mm -hmm. It's not me. It's not me. But it's kind of my feelings of the living mm. reality. So thank you, Shinji. Actually, honestly, we have to say that we start to work on this ballet. It wasn't so smooth that you're thinking. We fight. We cried. Yeah, I remember this time we cried. For years, years. For years, yeah. <laughs> it didn't happen. Finally, we find some key. We start from the beginning, and it's like one by one things come true. It was good. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, Shinji, jump in now. The music sure. came together, but my understanding from reading some of the notes in our conversations is these Tom Waite songs really had a great deal to do with making it come together. Can you begin to tell us about that? Sure. I think first you need to know 
Yuri is just about the most loving person on the planet, you know, the most sensitive, and, and he feels things. And the music of Tom Waits are, uh, is one of those art qualities that he deeply feels, and it was key for him to have them part of this ballet. And the Cheever story, you kind of find out about the swimmer through these um, scenes in the pools with the people he interacts with. And you get to know the swimmer by those interactions as he progresses on his way back home. It's a good analogy, I think, for, for people who, who go through life and, and you know, want to return to this, this so-called home. Um, in Yuri's ballet, at least I think, um, we discover through these series of pools a lot about Yuri. And that is, you find out about what Yuri thinks is beautiful. And I think that's the most m miraculous thing about this guy. I mean, really, he's, he's the, you know, Jerome Robbins of our time. It's just, the, he's a total genius. And, and to work with him, it's just, it's blinding. It's frustrating as heck and, and stressful. But the end result is, is something that I can never, um, I can't live without it at this point now. Um, I forgot, where, where was I? Where, where were we? The, the, about the Tom Waits songs Tom and Waits, weaving yeah. your well, composition around it. The things that Yuri finds beautiful. Um, it's the literature of Nabokov. It's um, the, the uh, uh, films of Mike Nichols. It's uh, Marilyn Monroe. It's Jack London. It's the, it's, it's, uh, uh, the paintings of Edward Hopper. It's um, um, uh, also J.D. Salinger, Catcher in the Rye. Um, all of these things, um, and, and central to this is, is this feeling from inside that Tom Waits has in his songs. It's not only the lyrics, but it's also just the, the pure sound. And um, Yuri captures all of this. It's remarkable, this entire lifespan, basically, from, from the house scene at the beginning, the, the domestic scene, all the way to the very end, which is a, a, a scene of, of uh, Jack London uh, in the book Martin Eden, where I, I guess I shouldn't give, a, give, a, give it away, but basically everything you see um, are scenes of what Yuri finds beautiful. And that's what I think is remarkable about this, this ballet, because you really learn about his heart when you see all of these different scenes. In your composition, um, some pieces that you might compose are, are scored from beginning to end with themes and recapitulations and so on and so forth. This strikes me as just a different kind of composition because you've taken your own composed music and woven it around tapestry-like, <clears throat> these songs, and, and lots of other, there's quotes from all sorts of things. Say a little bit more about what we're going to hear. Um, well, when Yuri approached this years ago, um, imagine what I'm supposed to do with Tom Waits's music, um, Martin Eden, which I'd never read, um, and uh, movie scores, and a drum set necessity, which I'd never written for. I mean, I grew up listening to Brahms. I never knew about Tom Waits. So it was an entirely different genre that, that he was asking me. But once again, I could not 
you know, say no. And being fed every now and then these, these uh, vignettes of what he, he wanted, it was, it was difficult to extract. It's kind of like pulling teeth, but um, eventually we, we put this thing together and, and uh, it became overwhelming. There was just so much in it, literally from, from Hollywood, you know, to Catcher in the Rye. And I thought to myself, um, this, this ballet has everything, you know, except the, the kitchen sink. So, of course, I had to say, well, why not put the kitchen sink into this score? And I brought it here just to show you. <laughs> this is the actual kitchen sink that is going to be performed for you later. But as proof to you that it does work as an instrument, I'm going to just play a few notes. Please. <laughs> so, it play, it's performed a little louder than that in the pit, but, but the idea is that this, this ballet has, has everything in it, and this is a symbol of it. We also have a conch shell during the scene when the ocean appears. So, I mean, you have these images of the ocean, and you also have the, the, the swimming motion that, that you... <laughs> I have to add this to Yuri has such an open mind, he even wanted a huge tank of water placed in the pit so the swimmer could eventually dive off the pit and into, and, and you know, we were trying to think of a way to, to do this, and he, he, it, there's no boundaries to the way this, this his imagination works. Um, and so trying to keep up with that, you know, I, I'm doing what I can, um, but we also, like I was saying, have a conch shell, so you are literally hearing a piece of the ocean, you know? These are kind of uh, new things to, to, we use the drum sets in different ways, sure, to, for the rock style music, but also we, we got this, the ocean crashing, you know, we were working with, oh, Tom Duckworth, by the way, is the most amazing drummer. He, uh, he used to be the touring drummer for, for Mark, Anne Margaret and Joel Gray, and he's gonna be here in the pit playing for you, it's phenomenal, but we worked out ways to make this drum set sound like an ocean. You know, you get this hiss sound and the roll of the ocean waves crashing and, and ways to convey this guy's vision is uh, exasperating, but ultimately um, he draws the best out of everybody. It's, he's inspiration personified, really. It's an amazing, amazing life to witness. We have been given the image of, of course, swimming. So that's a pervasive image, is going to be water. You've talked wonderfully about how we are going to hear the things that evoke water. Um, we are so disappointed that a pool did <laughs> not get built in the orchestra pit. However, I think you compensated fairly well by um, commissioning the most amazing um, projections. And unfortunately, or fortunately, so that you will be surprised when you see them, we don't have um, a little backdrop that looks a little bit water-like. Um, but, yeah, when we I think we most actually... important, not even projections, it's uh, amazing projections, yeah, because thanks God, yeah, we have 
such a great team mm -hmm. because uh, ballet includes everything and uh, computers and music and light and everything. So, and we have not so much time to put it together. So we work separately. <laughs> yeah, and we didn't know what's gonna be happened. And when everything came together, it was unique. I, yeah, I've been shocked actually. I lost, uh, I stopped to talk. Everybody remember me? I didn't talk almost two days, three days, yeah. <laughs> it was hard. But why I was saying, but you will see now, yeah. Most impressed me in this ballet. I also sometimes impressed too. It's dancers. Their body, their language, how they move, everything. It surprised me. I thought I will never surprise me. Like already so many years in ballet, you know, I see so many dancers, genius dancers, greatest one, everything. I thought I'm fine. It's never be surprised me anymore. I've been surprised by these people, swimmers. So yeah, this is Taras, mm -hmm. Cuban swimmer. Today will be American swimmer, Joe Walsh. Huh? We have another Brazilian swimmer. So everybody unique, everybody different. But how the body moves, it's kind of, it makes me goosebumps, I don't know. But I, I love to watch them, it's amazing. It's been fun, I have to say, to hear the dancers talk about it too. They seem to love to do this. Pascal was saying the other day about it feels like even being at a discotheque, he doesn't want to stop dancing. <laughs> it feels so good and, and uh, that has been part of the joy. Some of us remember discotheque. Um, yeah, I, I also wanted to say that, you know, it's, it's often asked of dancers to take up the whole stage. But in this ballet, Yuri takes up the whole stage and also the whole proscenium. Just, I mean, everything is, is moving. And, and Kate Duhamel did a, a marvelous job putting this, uh, the film together. Literally, Yuri was in, in Moscow you know, doing his new full-length commission there, which is totally amazing as well. He's traveling all the time. He was gone for two months, and so all of us are working independently. That's what he meant, and Skyping in little segments of this, will this work, will that work? And then, gosh, we were, we were uh, changing things a few days before the opening, and, I, and we only had our first orchestra rehearsal with dancers and projections and everything the day before. So you can imagine, you know, trying to put all these pieces together that literally take up the whole house and sound effects that circle you know, into the, the entire audience <laughs> as well, that it was something else. Those who've already seen the piece know, of course, what we're talking about. I watched and thought, how did you train your dancers to do, first of all, how did you imagine what it was going to look like at the end? It is so complex, but how did you tell your dancers, well, you're going to be up here, and you're going to be down here, and you're going to be back here, and it's all going to look logical. How did you imagine that, and how did the dancers respond? I always thought I'm unlogical. <laughs> you told me I'm logical, but it's good. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just, I don't know, it's just my mind, how it goes. I honestly, I am not person who is uh, mathematically figure out what to do right now. Or to, I'm kind of fluently 
choreograph how it goes, it goes. Maybe it's my minus, honestly. I know that sometimes in my choreography there is a, some not clear moments. It's true, but I'm not calculating. I'm not thinking how it goes. It's like painting. I, I like paint. Different mm -hmm. colors, mm -hmm. different, yeah. So it's, it's coming from everyday movement, not... I would actually no. beg to differ. Uh, there were many times when we were working out scenes where, you know, I would sort of test him and not include one bar, and he'd come back the next day and say, no, it's not right. So it's not maybe mathematical calculation, but it, he feels it in his body. It's the most unreal thing. So he can tell when one phrase is slightly shorter or, or not as long as another. And it's, it's, it's fascinating, really. I would like us to see if any members of the audience have questions for you. As I warned you, if um, you would like to ask a question, we'd like to ask you to come to the mic at the foot of the aisle here so we can hear it clearly. Um, will you please start thinking about questions? I see s some people getting up. Um, it's okay to line up in the aisle. Um, those of you who came in after we started, just to remind you, we are in conversation about the choreography, The Swimmer, which will be on this evening's program, and I'm with Yuri Posikov, the choreographer, and Shinji Eshima, the composer. Um, questions? Yes, someone's approaching, great. I have one question in particular, but actually two. And the second one, I think, is probably a mistake on my part. But the first one is, you begin the ballet with a man getting out of bed. And he's clearly a dancer or some kind of athlete because he's stretching and moving and just waking up for the day. And that's very effective. But then, not long after I saw your ballet, I saw an American in Paris. And I watched Gene Kelly get out of bed. And I thought, oh, maybe Kusakov has seen that. Did you? Did it influence what you did? Of course, yes. It's all Thank you. <laughs> yes, you're right, because uh, I'm actually, if I something see, it's always in my mind. And so you did it, see Gene Kelly get out of bed in American in Paris? No, I didn't see this one. You didn't? I, no, I didn't. Honestly, oh, it's a, I didn't. It's, it's, I have to tell you the truth. It's pretty good. I didn't. Uh, but somehow the idea imagine? came through. It's similar. Thoughts flies and everywhere. So, but I know it's who you're talking movie. about. Yeah, he's I know. a great dancer. I would assume you've seen. Well, he's him. genius dancer. I know. Yeah. Yeah. He's okay. genius. Yeah, I thought about him definitely, but not particular in this piece. Oh. So, yeah. Huh. Okay. I lost a bet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. There may not be much else to ask. It was just a wonderful ballet, and the way it evolved was breathtaking for me. Thank you I for you. I enjoyed it greatly. Thank you. Thank you. Um, um, there's a, someone behind you with a question. Great. <clears throat> Hello. Thank you, first of all, for this. It's really wonderful. Um, I have a, a question for you, Mr. Postkov. How do you choose your dancers for their roles? What is it that speaks to you um, in your vision that then guides you as to who you cast? That's it. No ballet swimmer. So you have to find the person 
It's hard, actually. It's, it's a good question because I think the casting is the hardest thing because you have such a huge numbers of the talented people in this company. You understand yeah. that you have to choose only two or three. It's hard because I want to choose everyone, but no choice. In this particular part, I'm admire of the dancers of Cuba. And the dancers is greatest school. And this is men dancing on Cuba. Mesmerize me. Yeah, I think mm -hmm. it's amazing. We were kind of lucky. We have three guys from Cuba here. And their body, what they are doing, it's not just me, but all the young generation, everybody look at them. And it's Joan, it's Taras, mm -hmm. and Carlos, and everything. Something special in this, something tasteful, and I don't know, even smells of the dance. I like <laughs> smells, so even they smells when they're dancing. It's kind of smell of real men. <laughs> Thanks God, Sam, that's why it was, yeah, first my choice. And after I have to tell true when I it's first season of John Walsh here. Mm -hmm. It's unique dancer kind of. I don't want, I don't know if he, he will hear it, but I say he is great. <laughs> he yeah, every time when he coming on the stage, he capture audience. It's such a rare talent. He's standing, staying, and he takes you. Mm. And I'm staying there, it's goosebumps on my body. How he can talk by movement, by dancing, it's, it's unique. So we're lucky to have him too. Will we see, you mentioned you have three casts? Three casts, so, yeah, and we'll all new three boy be coming from Brasilia. Yeah, Vitor. Oh, of yes. course. It's going, he's gonna dance tomorrow. And we also like him because his school, his moment, his jumping, everything, this is line. It's perfect for a swimmer. Maybe he more. He used to be more swimmering, probably. <laughs> and after dancer, I don't know. But I admire them. I have to bow in front of them. So I'm lucky. Thanks to this theater. Thanks to this house. We have dancers that I'm completely admired. So wonderful. Anybody else have a question for Yuri or for Shinji? There's somebody. Thank you. Raku was one of the most beautiful um, contemporary ballets I have ever witnessed. <sighs> um, the Swimmer is one of the most anthologized of John Cheever's stories. It's probably the most famous. I would assume that most high school students have read it. Um, we have the swimmer, but we had all these cultural illusions. So is it kind of a takeoff on the swimmer's story and then it spins into the culture? I'd, I couldn't quite follow why we went through that whole train of cultural illusions rather than the content of the story, the swimmer itself. Okay, I, I, I answer right away. Don't expect your feelings of this book, honestly. I have to tell you truth. What I did here, it's my feelings, what I read before, what I saw. It's my knowledge as a Russian boy 
who read, who saw, who enjoy what I read it and see it. So it's my, and I, I think it will be interesting. It's from the Russian point of view. It completely, I would like to share with you because it's recognizable, but it's a little bit different that you feel, I'm sure. But yeah, don't judge so much. It's still a Russian way of impressed. <laughs> Can I add to that? Um, sure, yeah, and time. we are at the time that we're going to be wrapping up, so we'll let you have the last word. Oh, well, I just, I mean, yeah. Yuri bookends the story of Cheever, and he uses it kind of as a, as a foundation for telling the story, but Cheever himself says as in journals that it isn't about a narcissistic protagonist so much as it is sometimes just the sheer joy of gulping in a warm summer day. And that's what Yuri miraculously has, it's not for me about being Russian as so much as it is just the joy of dancing and, and he captures that in a way that you'll see tonight in, in this marvelous way. Sometimes it's, yeah, you could layer all kinds of stories about the swimmer and its story, but ultimately it's also about living and enjoying today. It is our time to wrap up. I'm sorry to say it's been absolutely marvelous to have Yuri Posikov, choreographer, and Shinji Eshima, composer of the work, The Swimmer, that will be on this evening's performance. I will say as, uh, I promised we have a little choreography to review. <clears throat> Before I say that, I believe there still are seats available for this evening's performance. If you didn't have a ticket and are now determined that you should see this program, uh, you still can. If you, uh, we'd ask everyone to exit to your right, and those of you who are holding tickets can go straight forward to the lobby. If you're not holding a ticket and you're, if you're not holding a ticket, you can exit having gone out the right side. Um, if you want to go around to the box office, then you have that opportunity. I call your attention to our final points of view in another couple of weeks, going back to the website where you can find a great deal of information about the remaining weeks of the season, go to the podcasts, review the past season, and with that, I will say, Thank you so much for being a good audience. Thank you again, Yuri, and thank you, Shinji.